Okay, let's begin. Let us begin. Okay, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem, we are... We're blessed to start a new week. It's always good to have a Sunday. Sundays are, are extra special because even though every day is the first day of the rest of your life, so even though every day is, uh, is Sunday in a certain way and new and fresh, and that's what, that's what a, uh, a Jew, as we know, HaChodesh HaZelachem, we know the power of a Jew is the power of renewal, and the ability to start fresh, no matter where you're at, right? If this was the first day of yeshiva, if this was the first day of uh, the zman, first day in the beginning of the year, there's an extra koach, an extra power, an extra excitement that, that is in the air. Now it's a little bit more difficult. I always say, that's why I always say I love when, it's, when, it's, uh, when the weather is, is bad weather. Why? Because whenever there's bad weather, it forces a person to, to focus on the inside. When a person has beautiful weather, so you don't always have to focus on the inside. Right? You can focus, you can let the outside sort of carry you. So, so too in the Zman, when a person has the beginning of a Zman, so it's much easier to, to go with the flow of renewal and freshness and excitement. When a person's already, especially we're already post-Purim, meaning Purim was supposed to be uh, on, on Friday, Shabbos, right? It was already done, and then everybody would be leaving already back home this week as far as, as, far as the amount of time. But Baruch Hashem, we're blessed to have another month, which gives us the ability to have extra power. But at the same time, it's difficult to renew oneself. So that's why we're blessed, Baruch Hashem, to have a Sunday. Because one of the things I think we said yesterday, or last year on Thursday, when Simcha Rabbah asked, uh, so how does a person focus on oneself? How does a person focus on oneself, right? Which I don't think we're going to have time uh, to speak about today. You never know. But how does a person learn himself? So the first thing I said naturally was you got to stop focusing on everybody else. Because as long as somebody is focused on everybody else, as long as you're focused on, on everyone else and you're not focused, that's the tefillah that we always say, Avi Friedler. That's the tefillah that we say is Hashem, help us, help us change the person who we can and accept the fact that we can change the person we can to, to, to have the courage to, to change the person who we can, to accept the person who we can't change to have the courage and the humility to change the person who we can and to realize that that person is myself, to realize that there's only one person who we could focus on, and that's ultimately ourselves, which is really the basis for Hilchas Lashon Hara, because the reason that we don't focus on, on the reason we focus on other people when we speak Lashon Hara is because we're not, we're not focusing on our personal growth we're focused on everybody else. Now, one of the special gifts of today is just a few minutes uh, reconnecting uh, with, with uh, a person. I mean, not, not just Tom, a person. We were Zoychari here, his father. Um, 
a few weeks ago, uh, about a month or so back, which was really powerful. Uh, I met, I met uh, this is Ari, Ari Garfield's grandfather, who I, who I took pictures, you know, I sent it to, to, uh, to Mike and Andrew Dube and asked them if they knew, if they, exactly, to Perry, I sent it to Perry, I don't know if you remember. Langert, Perry Langert. No, 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 80th, 80th birthday. Baruch Hashem. Simcha, you're in. But it's a schus. Um, it's a schus today to hear a little bit. It's a little bit difficult because I didn't get such a chance to, uh, to catch up um, with Rabbi, strange for me to say, strange for me to say with Rabbi Garfield, only because he was in my bunk as a kid. I think Rabbi Friedman was in, Yaakov Friedman was also yeah. in the bunk, correct? He's not around, I don't think, today. Yeah, correct. Right, right, correct. So Rabbi Fryman, yeah, yeah, sure. So Rabbi Fryman was also in my bunk. They were in the bunk together. And he started singing the camp songs. I'm like, oh my goodness. This goes, uh, this goes back to 19, probably 90, 89, 90, probably something like that. And he's singing the camp songs. I'm like, oh my goodness. And it's uh, special to have Ari's parents here, to have his, his mother here as well, who's, who's from uh, the family of, of my her father is a Rebbe of mine from Ner Yisrael, a very, very hush of a person who uh, Ner Yisrael was, I had my own journey in Ner Yisrael, uh, but just so you know that uh, Ruf Cook, her father, Ari's grandfather, um, was someone who, you know, I, I always say this, in yeshiva, you, you, yes, people have Rebbeim who were tough, and you have teachers who you, did, you didn't like, but, but they're always... You always got to hang on and connect to the Rebbeim and the people who their good feelings that you have. I don't believe anybody's going to tell you, anyone would tell, I don't believe, it's hard to believe that every Rebbe that anyone ever had was terrible. Or any teacher anybody ever had was terrible. You got to find those Rebbeim who really, really connect to you and really you feel connected with. And I could say, I'm not just saying this because you're here and B'schus, you know, Ari and your your husband and everyone, but Rav Cook is someone who, who in my journey always had a great, always a very special connection to Rav Cook. Always, you know, those were in the Lahavdu Mechaim Lechaim, Rav Tenler, you know, Rav Tenler days, which was also a Rebbe of mine, but Rav Cook really, I felt uh, always very connected to him, so it's special to have, uh, to have you here as well. Of course, just Ari alone, Ari Garfield. Right, what do they say? You have all the zeros for yichus, right? You, everyone's heard this. So you could have Rabbi Garfield, the hush of a Rabbi Garfield. You could have the Rav Cook. You could have Norman Garfield. You could have all the. You could have all the. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying you could have all the and your brother, right? What's his brother? What's your brother's? Yaakov, you could have, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it comes down to the, the work that someone puts in himself. That's what it comes down to. What it, what it comes down to, at the end of the day, it's Ari's life. At the end of the day, it's Ari learning himself, which he's doing. If there's one thing we say, Rabbi Garfield, just to know, and, and, and Rebetzin, just say so you know. 
One, one of the lines that one of the Bachram said many years ago in this yeshiva, said in this yeshiva we learn two daf a day. Two daf. One is block gemara, daf of Torah, actual Torah. And the other daf is we learn the daf of oneself. And I could say, I'm not saying Ari does, is not learning the daf of Torah. He's also learning the daf of Torah. But the daf that Ari has been focusing on from the, from the day he got here in, in an amazing way is he's learning himself. And that's what Ezra Bisrael Salanter says. Bisrael Salanter says, how could you come down to this world for 70, 80 years and not even get to know yourself? So Ari's not going to have that problem. He's getting to know himself and, uh, and he's just getting started. Ari's young, besides his good looks, Ari's a great guy who's beloved by all including myself, of course, and uh, it's a schuss to, 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 to be here. I, wa- I, do want to, I do want to ask, um, I don't know how long of a story Rabbi Garfield, Rabbi Garfield for sure has a story, for sure has a story. What I see him now, um, as I could say, it's, it's not bakavadik for me to say this, it's not respectful, but he gave me permission to say this. To me, he's... He was, uh, he's Richard Garfield. He's uh, this kid from him and his brother. I remember your brother, Sam. I remember these guys came to camp. And um, these guys were awesome. Richard Garfield was awesome. I remember that. I was like, I like this kid. Little do we know that, okay, one day we'll be, we'll be back connected in a very deep way. So um, Rabbi Garfield definitely has had a journey, even though he has a beard. And he's called Rabbi Garfield. And he's the... Uh, dean and principal or whatever he does to in Houston uh, to a lot of kids and a lot of uh, a, a major hashpa, mashpia. But I can tell you one thing. I can tell you one thing. Like we speak about this all the time. Your influence on other people is only an extension of the influence that you have on yourself. And there's no question about it that, that uh, Rabbi Garfield, Ari's father, there's no question about it, is somebody who's worked on himself and didn't just get here um, by uh, flowing to get here. If you, uh, huh? Yeah, yeah. Right, see, he's, he's getting all emotional now as I'm saying that. So uh, Rabbi Garfield, it's a schluss to have you here. I can't believe I'm saying Rabbi Garfield like that. He's a special person, and it's an honor to have him share. Now, you guys could ask questions. I don't know where he's yeah. going to go with this, but you guys could ask because he, I'm just telling you, his name was Richard, with a name like Richie Garfield, right? He does he look? He looks like Chaim Zanvil or, or Shlomo Zalman Garfield. What's your Hebrew name? Rachmiel. I knew that. So Rabbi Garfield, it's a schluss to have you here. Please, you'll say a few words. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Woo. Wow, that was quite an introduction. It's really amazing, Rabbi, Rabbi Fisher, that I was I was thinking about something to share today when Ari mentioned it. And you touched upon a lot of the points just now, so it's 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 great to see everybody. Isn't Ari something, guys? Isn't Ari something? (laughs) Okay, so I'm 47 years old, and this idea of knowing yourself, I'm just learning it now. So Ari, you got a you got a head start, and I want to tell you. It's funny. I want to tell you how. How I've come to it now, mamish now, like I'm, I'm like an old guy, I've been around a little, right? I'm just starting to understand it. I'm just starting. So if Ari's already starting, who knows where you'll end up. 
And this thing about Rabbi Shor Salanter, I, I read about it. I read Rabbi Shor Salanter says that his whole life, Rabbi Shor Salanter was one of the most amazing people. I'm sure your Rebbe has told you about it. He was so progressive. He had an idea when, concern, when, when Reform Judaism started, and everyone said, throw him out and put him in Cherem. You know what he said? We have to put a kolel in every Reform shul. Do you know that? Do you guys know that? Isn't that amazing? So progressive. He said, because they'll see the Torah and they'll be inspired by it. He also had this idea. This is like in the 1800s. This is a crazy idea, guys. To translate the Gemara into the vernacular of the time. It was like crazy thinking, like art scroll, you know? He was such a progressive. He was an amazing thinker with musr and self-reflection. And he said, he also, by the way, this is, a, this is people don't know this. He suffered from some emotional dysregulation. It says that he had trouble getting out of bed. And at the end of his life, he felt unfulfilled sometimes. You can look into that. I don't want to be the one to spill all the beans under Bishol Salanter. But if you want to be inspired by someone, his life is not a simple life. You should learn about him. He's amazing. And he says that the goal of his whole life was to know yourself. And I've been thinking about that. I'll tell you, there's a, there's a joke they say. How do you know if someone went to Harvard? They tell you. Very good. They tell you. So I was lucky. I spent a week in Harvard. So, I mean, now it's not so popular anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whole week. They let me in. And I heard a speech that was amazing. I, I'll just tell you quickly, just so you know, I don't want to take too much time, but just so you know, like, how Richard Garfield got to this situation. So I grew up in a, my parents, you met my father, amazing person. My parents are Bali Chuva. And they were sort of supportive of whatever derech me and my brother wanted to go in. Very loving people. The person that they were most close to, their Rav, who is a, was the grandson of Rabari Levin. His name was Avram Yitzchak Levin, We named Ari after Rabari. That's why he's so loving and kind. I don't know what came first, but certainly Hashem had a say in that. He's named after the great Tzaddik, Rabari Levin, Tzaddik in our time. And uh, he was very normal. Rabbi Levin was very into my parents being normal. So they never really got all crazy on us. They were very calm, very chilled, you could say. So it was up to me and my brother what we wanted to do. We got exposed to some great people when we were kids. I ended up, through really NCSY, it's like a longer story, but like getting inspired. And in 10th grade, I decided I want to go to yeshiva. And I switched from like the local chilled uh, high school to Shari Torn Muncie, which is Rabbi Barrow Wine, who I saw today, he should be well. And that was like my firming out there in high school. And then I went to Israel and I came back to Baltimore, got married, moved to Atlanta where I was a ninth grade Rebbe for 10 years in a high school there. And then I've been 13 years in Houston as the Manal. When I got there, the school had 150 kids. And now we have 500 kids. So the school, and we have Rabbi Geisler in Houston. So Houston is booming. So anyway, that's my story. So. Here's the thing. I went to this class at Harvard. It was a week of like intense leadership stuff. I'd been a principal for maybe seven years at that point. The school probably had 350 kids. And this guy gets up and he says, I'm going to tell you what you need to know about leadership. And this is what he says. He says, every one of you, every leader has a story. And until you know your story, you can't be a good leader. I never thought about that. I never thought about that. Never thought about my story. I thought he was like cute. And I went back at night to this hotel. And I said, you know, what is my story? And I, I don't know what my story is. I never thought about my story. And 
certainly isn't relevant to me as a principal. And that night, I stayed up late and I wrote my story. And it is so exactly foreshadowed exactly what I am, who I was. This was seven years, eight years ago. And that is, I stunk at school. I will make anyone here, you probably like, yeah, you think you stunk? Okay, 500 bucks, and I have it in my pocket. I happen to have it, you know, when you come to a, Israel, you carry a lot of cash. I happen to have the money here, okay? I will give anyone 500 bucks. These are all ones for tzedakah. This is ones for tzedakah, but it looked good. Um, I will give, if you could produce a worse report card, but I'll tell you the rules. It has to be an actual report card that they sent to your parents. It can't be like you get kicked out, doesn't count. An actual report card given to you as a student. If you could beat me, I have the report card in my office. You will not believe what's on this report card. You ready for this? Three hays and two dollars. Just to be clear what a hay is. A, Aleph, you could beat that, bring it. I'm serious. What do you have, five hays? Well, a hay is like, I don't know how that works. I don't know, we'd have to compare. A hay is a little different. Happened to be two of them look to me like hay pluses, which is such chutzpah. How could a Rebbe give a hay plus? Like, what is he trying to say with that? I, I'm not sure, I have to meet my Rebbe one day, I'll ask him, this guy. Hayes, three hayes. I was a horrible student, like horrible. But you know what I was? I wasn't as good as Ari. I wasn't as sweet, but I was a nice kid. You know, like a little bit of Ari, like just nice. Never, you remember me. I was a nice kid. I was never angry. I wasn't looking to make trouble. I got suspended, but not for like mean things. Sort of like I never did my homework. I never took notes ever in my life. I never read the stupid book that they assigned ever. And that was before like computers. You'd have to totally like fake it, like totally. But I didn't do such a good job because I got those three Hayes, two dollars. So that was, my, that was my going through school, horrible. I was lucky that in 10th grade, really 9th grade, I got to learn with, a, with someone who sort of was being very nice to me in Philly Yeshiva. And like, we learned every night for half an hour. And like, all of a sudden I was getting like, eight olive pluses. Because it was the kind of thing, like I have, I, I have a very interesting uh, sort of learning profile, which I didn't know, of course, when I was a kid. But I have dyslexia, so learning to read was really hard for me. I had to fake davening like my whole life. Now I can pull it off, but like mumble, mumble, you know what that's like. And I have ADHD. So a combination of dyslexia and ADHD, it wouldn't be so bad, but like I'm reasonably smart. So when you're reasonably smart and you can't perform, it makes you crazy as a kid. Because you know you're smart and you know you're capable and you look at all these people who are dumber and they're doing great in school and they know what's going on. And you have no clue what is going on, you know? So that was my youth. That's how I grew up in that situation. We can all relate to that. Anyone here, right? We, it's hard. Now, my parents never showed me my report cards. That report card that I have with the three A's and two dollars, two of which are A pluses, I only got recently. Like, my mother sent me her file. She was cleaning up. They moved. She sent me this file. So I go through it. It's, it's remarkable, the whole thing. I'll tell you even better. I didn't see my report cards. Nope. My parents are amazing. They never showed my report cards. My father, Norman S. Stanley Garfield, who stood here, was loving to me and just said, don't worry about them. And, it, you know, it was still hard because, it was still hard because, like, you know you're, like, I knew that I wasn't exactly respected and beloved by the Rebbeim, but, and by, the, and by everybody, except for Rabbi Gold, fifth grade. 
But, um, but yeah, they never beat me up for it. Ever, they never beat me up for it. Uh, and then it clicked. And in 11, from 11th grade till years of college and everything, I got almost all A's except for statistics, which I barely survived. But like, once things clicked for me, it clicked. And I, Rakshan did much better later in life. But until then, it was a disaster for me. And but then, you know, then I went to a good yeshiva and things started to click for me and I learned how to learn myself. And I don't know, like, you know, as you get older, you sort of know what works for you and know what doesn't work for you. Like when I go to davening, especially in like a yeshiva, not this one, but most yeshivas, I bring a big book and I literally read the entire davening. That's what I need to do. I daven in between. Don't worry. I first, you know, I'll daven when I can daven. But most of the time I'm reading. My best reading is done during daven. Okay. It's a Jewish book. It's a meaningful book. But that's who I am. Anyway, so I realized, now that you know who I am, that my entire principalship is fixing that experience that I had. At my school, we never scream at kids. We never make kids feel bad. We always believe in the good in kids. And what, the reason I'm telling you this is, since then, like seven years ago, until now, I've refined the message, I focused the message, at first, I resisted it because I felt, who am I to like, put my, sh- my baggage on the whole community? Like, it's, you know, it, but what I've come to realize is, and this you guys know because you have a Rebbe, a Rosh Hashiva, who knows this and tells you this, and he's so right, that your story is your superpower. You think it's your weakness because it beats you up and it makes you down, it makes you feel down. I'm telling you, for me at least, and what I see is, to the extent that you're able to understand it, it's your superpower. That's what that guy at Harvard was telling us. That if you could identify your story, it energizes you beyond everyone else. What makes a leader a leader? What makes me able to face the stinky pain of being a Manal? It's horrible. You don't know what it's like. You're the pinata of the community, right? Anyone who's a Manal? You're everyone's pinata because anything goes wrong, it's your fault. Everything for hundreds of people. Now we have 500 people, 100 staff members. The staff member sneezes wrong, it doesn't cover her nose. You know whose fault that is. The idiot Manal hired this lady who doesn't cover her nose when she sneezes. So you're the community pinata. So why would you do that? Why would you stick with it? It's because you have something driving you, you have a reason to do it, you have an energy. Where does that energy come from? It comes from your story. So the trick in life is sort of to allow your story to not disable you and to own it and then use it to empower you to make the world a better place. I'm going to tell you, I have, I have crystallized over the last, I've been working on this since then. I've crystallized my message in Chinuch and I push it like a lunatic. I'm going to tell it to you. I push it, my families know it, my students know it, my teachers know it. And it is everything that I was. This is me. This is what I learned from being a kid. Ready? Three rules. Three rules of Chinuch. See if you believe in them. I know you will. Number one, children are good and they want to do good. I know that sounds like two, but it's really one. We have to believe that children are good and they want to do good. Because little Richard Garfield in seventh grade that had no clue what the hell was flying... I wanted to do good. I was a good kid. 
I wanted to do good. I was not waking up and saying, how can I get screwy Louie, Yanka Louie, is what we called our Rebbe, to really be pissed off. Like, that was not how I woke up every day. I went into school saying, please have mercy. I I don't know what's happening and I can't sit here the whole time. So, number one, children are good and they want to do good. Does anyone disagree with that? Of course children are good and they want to do good. Okay, watch this. What's your name? Dove, watch this. Ready? Get ready. This is crazy Chinook stuff. If they're not doing good, there's a reason. reason. At least my son knows. Crazy stuff. Okay, let's Chazer. Number one. You guys know it? Can you say it or should we? Okay, that was really bad, guys. Let me just review that. This is my entire life I'm giving you, okay? So I need a little enthusiasm. Children are good and they want to do good. Number one. Good, we'll get better. Number two, if they're not doing good, is this remarkable? It's posh it, right? Okay, this is the, the third is like crazy talk. By the way, I'm going to take over. I'm going to push this over all Israel, so get ready. It's going to be like all over the place. Number three is, it's the job of the adults in the child's life to identify and address the reason. That was a little long, but that's what it is. It's the job of the adult in the child's life to identify and address the reason. A baby is crying. Does he know if it's because he has a dirty diaper or he's hungry or he's tired or he's cold? He doesn't know. And a a nine-year-old knows he has dyslexia or he has dysgraphia or he has sensory issues. He doesn't know. So again, children are good. They want to do good. They're not doing good. The reason. And... It's a job of the adults in the child's life to identify and address the reason. You like it? You like it? Okay. Question. Question. Okay. Number three. Let's see if we can get number three together. It's the job of the adults in the child's life to identify and address the reason. It is so pusha to me. So there's no such thing as a bad kid. Now, some people give me a problem with this. Not around here. I actually got in trouble with Rykalish about this. Why? So Rykalish was giving a shear. This went out. I, was, I got in a little trouble with some of the homies over there in uh, Kalish land, who I love, of course, and agree with everything he says. But I'm the type of guy who argues with rabbis. That's how I do it. That's how I learn. So if a rabbi says something that I don't understand, I ask. So I said to Rabbi Kalish, who was giving like his spiel, I said, do you have a non-Hasidic source? Sorry, Ari. A non He's into Hasidus now. Nothing wrong with that. Do you have a non-Hasidic source for your whole thing? Don't give me Hasidic sources. I went to yeshivas that were not Hasidic, and that's very nice that we're all into Hasidus now, but give me a real source for your, uh, uh, for your shittas in life. So he, like, thumped the mind a little, and I pushed him, and people didn't like that because I pushed him hard. I said, okay, okay. Tell me a speech that was given in public in the last 50 years where uh, Rosh Hashiva got up and said your thing about kids and helping people in public in the last 50 years. Any Rosh Hashiva. So, you know, it was fun. It was fun. You have to listen to the tape. It's somewhere in, in his uh, feed. But I told him my Raya, and he was masking him. I'll tell you my Raya. Listen to my Raya. I have a Raya. All the Ram and the Uru of kids are bad. What are you talking about? Uh-uh. I'll tell you the best Raya. Dove, you ready? You're the only name I know. Except for Ari, Shua, Simcha. Where is Simcha? Is he not here? Oh, kill him. Kill him. Get that bum in here. 
he's good, he wants to do good. If he's not doing good, there's a reason. By the way, I do have one little knach on that, is with your age, it's not your parents' responsibility. Maybe a little bit, but like, that's elementary school. As children get older, I'm an elementary school guy. As you hit like 13, 14, it's a shutfus. And when you get to 17, 18, 19, it's really, you're on your own. Your parents like shouldn't mess you up, but really, at some point, you can't rely on other people. So, but I'm an elementary school thing. Yes, oh, I have to tell you my raya. I have to tell you my raya. How do I know people are good? You have a raya? No. Oh. Yeah. You know what good is. You need me to tell you what good is that you want to do good. You want to bring happiness to people. You want to accomplish. You want to. You want your parents and your principal and your rebbe to say good job. What's your first name again? A Victor. They want to say Victor. Good job. Instead of saying a Victor, get out. You want them to say a Victor. You did good today. So you could go as a little kid who has no sense of self, and the people around him are going to make him feel good about himself. We all want that. As a kid, yeah. And that you feel that you're accomplished and you feel good. I'll tell you the biggest raya. What? Yes. How is a 16, 17, 18-year-old It's hard, but you have no choice. It's like um, the halacha of like getting a bris, right? So the halacha is that who has to do it? The father. If the father doesn't do it, who does it? The bezin. And if the bezin doesn't do it? You have to do it yourself, man. I mean, you don't have to do it yourself, but you have to, you know, get it done. So sometimes kiyuvim could shift. So it's hard. It's hard to do it. And I was talking to Ray Fisher. I have to tell my raya. Dov, you're my shoimer. Make sure after I say this thing, I say the raya. I was talking to Ray Fisher about getting advanced degrees in education. I have a lot of hours under my belt. And the reason, now you understand, that I put so much into learning the chachma of education is because it's hard to know sometimes why a kid isn't doing good. It's not simple. It's like a Sherlock Holmes mystery sometimes. There's always an answer because I know that children are good and they want to do good. If not too good, there's a reason. And it's the job of the adult in child's life to figure it out, identify and address. Good, you're good, you're good. Don't worry about it. It's a lot to learn in one moment. So, but, but you know, that's my job as a mechanic is to make sure I do everything I can to identify. Now, the problem is you could have psychological problems. You could have academic problems. You could have emotional problems. There's so many issues and we don't, we're learning them now more and more. But don't we have a chiv to figure it out? A chiv. It's not like, oh, it's so nice. No, I am responsible. I'm the mayor of Sodom. I'm the mayor of Sodom. I have a one bed called Third Grade Boys, and I schluck every kid in there. I say, perform. I'm the mayor of Sodom. That's my job. It sucks, right? So I'm trying my best to be as educated as I can so if a third grader isn't fitting into my Sodom bed and trying to try to chop off his legs, you know, I figure it out and they're safe to go away. What's my raya? Here's my raya. I have been teaching for 23 years. I would estimate that I've interacted with, I once been a Cheshman, 5,000 kids, let's say, maybe. Rabbi Fisher, how many Talmudim, can you make a quick Cheshman? that you've dealt with in your career? 10,000? At least 10,000. I'm going to say for you, 10,000. 15,000. Have you ever met a bad kid? I have never met a bad kid. Have you ever met a bad kid who doesn't want to do good? I've never met one. Ever. Like, not even close to one. It's not like, oh, that kid maybe. You're not even thinking that. Uh, 
He wants to be good. We all want to be good. What do you mean? No, it's okay. What? You don't think I can hand her a victor? <laughs> don't worry. I can hand her a victor. Don't worry. Well, Victor Voss, Voss coming time. Voss. This came out good. What it broke down to when you said what good is. No, it's what other people view as good. Let's talk about a Victor. Let's talk about a Victor. A Victor, we're going to talk about a Victor. A Victor. If you're good, what does that mean to you? For yourself. No, for yourself. Okay, so that's your avoida. Okay, I'll tell you for you. I'll tell you what good is for you. That you feel you're accomplishing. I'll tell you what's good. I'm doing you a favor because you're trying to figure it out. Yes. I'll tell it to you. Okay, that you feel that your time is well spent in this world, that you're bringing nachas ruach to Hashem and to, and to your environment. Why is that? Who, who said oh, that? I said it. I, I know a lot. You know, I'm a, I'm a hush of a rabbi. I don't know if you heard the introduction. That's good. You're going to have, okay, I hear, uh, that's part of your avodah. I'm not here to say, but I'll tell you something. Your desire to know what good is, is you wanting to be good. Because you're trying to figure out. Ah. Aha. He doesn't like it. Okay, we'll talk later. We'll talk later. You want to know what good is so you can know if you want to be good because you want to be good. Now, what good is is a different question. Anyway, that is good. Wanting to be good is, is God's good. That's Hainuach. Uh, don't worry. No, let's not rub it in. What's your name? Don't rub it in, Matthew. We all know what just went down, but let's not rub it in. All right, anyway. I love you. I love you. I don't want to be good. Oh, you so do me. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. You know why? Because you're here. And you spend time here. And you're listening to schmoozing from Harava Goyner and Fisher, Shlita. And you're sitting and you're fighting with me about good. That means you want to do good. It's a pushes. It's not even a Shaila. Trust me. I know a little more than you. Trust me. You're a good guy and you want to do good. That's it. End of discussion. We could talk later. Anyway. So my point is. No? I don't know. I gave you one definition. Okay, you're right. You're right. We'll have to get, we'll discuss it. Anyway, so my point is to say, this, this idea I've embraced, this idea that, I, that children are going to do, is like, is my story, and it's also my superpower. My school is a place that people love to work at. You know, we live in a world where it's very hard to get people to be rebellious, morous, not at my school. I mean, can I not to continue? People want to work there. They want to be part of it. You come to my school, you feel good. People walk in, they say, I don't know, it's nice. You know, people are happy. Because it's, it's not only that the kids are good and want to do good, even adults are good. Adults are good, you know. Teachers are good, they want to do good. Parents are good, and they want to do good. Sometimes we mess up, but we want to do good. This is the one that people have a hard time with, but I, I'm trying to spread it. Menalim are good, and they want to do good. You know what I mean? But that's, that's maybe a, that's a little bridge too far right now. But we'll get there. We'll get there once I get people to agree with the kids' part. So anyway, the point of all this is to say, and this is very aligned with what Rabbi Fisher was saying, is that the avoda of getting to know yourself. Guys, I'm, I'm just getting, this is, this is real time, what I'm telling you. This thing that I came up with, and this idea, and pushing it, and believing in it, I just came up with it this year. It's not like... You know, this is years of thinking and reflecting and I thought about that speech and then I, like, this stuff takes a lifetime, which is a little scary because I know, according to Professor Solanter's definition, I'm way off and I'm living life. But you have no choice. You just have to, like, sort of do it. But my point is that getting to know yourself and the struggles that we all are working on, which everyone is, 
that is the secret to your ability to fuel how you can really change the world. It's not a thesaurin. It's, it's not like, oh, Nebuch, little Richard Garfield had dyslexia and ADHD and he got three Hays and two Dalits to be discussed. We'll have to, we'll see what come up with. But it's not. It's, that was the, that was the derech. I, I, I don't want to say thank you, Hashem, for doing it, although really I do, but it's hard to say that when it's so hard. And, and I'm still struggling with it. It's not like that part of me is like resolved. I, there are things that could trigger me that bring me back to that moment where I could be so anxious. There are things that happen in, in life, like, like maybe getting an aliyah. I mean, I can handle it, but it just makes me very anxious. Or, or I, I don't know, I press pause, I just share something person. But at the same time, it's like, it's like that is what fuels me to make sure that my school is a place of caring for kids. So... Like God had a plan. And, and also that gives me the energy to like, to do it, to like hire the Rebbeim and make this the mantra of the school and bring in professional development and develop myself. And, and what we're doing is we're really helping kids. Like I'm really helping a lot of kids because you know, we have kids like that in my school and they feel great and they're happy and they're my favorite kids. Like, you know, in my office, you get in trouble. You know what you get in my office? Jelly bellies. That's the big punishment. And you know, there are people who say, hey, Gertrude, it's such a bad mechanic. If you get in trouble, you get jelly bellies. Shoot them, you know? Shoot them. Stupid. Stupid. And in our school, there's control. The, the, everything, there's, we have very little discipline problems because we take care of the people. So the point is just to say that that challenge has become my superpower. And I give you a bracha that you should continue to follow Rabbi Fisher as he leads you through this discovery and the value and focusing on it. And in Mirza Hashem, you will find in your own life if you bring a chanach or help others or whatever you do, that those challenges that you might feel as liabilities really will become your superpower to help the world and make a tikkun in whatever way that Hashem has in mind. Thank you for the opportunity.